Uh, and I looked closely at the product and I, I actually looked at it and said, this is exactly the type of thing we would have loved to have seen come through the procurement process for social housing. It's warm, it's dry, and it's an efficient build. G'day and welcome back to another episode of Homestyle Green. This is the podcast dedicated to inspiring people to make a better place to live. Now this week we are talking SIPs, SIPs construction. SIPs are structural insulated panels, which basically describes what they uh, what they are. So instead of building with sticks of timber and filling in the gaps with insulation and then lining the walls, um, and sometimes that lining adds to the, the structural rigidity of that frame. With SIPs construction, it's basically a sandwich made up of two boards um, they can be different materials but commonly we use oriented strand board or OSB with a foam insulating material in between uh, in the middle of that sandwich now SIPS NZ SIPS is a version of structural insulated panels made here in New Zealand and I spoke with Phil Neville recently who was the CEO of uh, NZ SIPS about their system and I started out by asking Phil how he got involved in this uh, manufacturing process in the first place. Yeah, so uh, personally I uh, had come up through um, capital raising for high growth business opportunities uh, and then uh, got involved in, uh, in providing social housing into the uh, Auckland area through Tamaki Regeneration. Mm. And we ran a procurement there uh, looking for uh, uh, new ways to do things at large scale. And uh, all we saw was traditional build uh, solutions being put back to us. Um, so, so so personally, I found that frustrating as a um, NZ Inc. Um, you know, what, what were we doing that was going to change the way construction occurred in this country. Um, so it was actually through uh, um, investors uh, into NZ that I heard about the opportunity to become CE uh, and I looked closely at the product and I, I actually looked at it and said this is exactly the type of thing we would have loved to have seen come through the procurement process for social housing. It's warm, it's dry, and it's an efficient build. Uh, uh, and so that's what motivated me to take on this role and uh, and get involved with NZSIP. So you were your first client almost, or, or you were you, you'd wished you'd been a, a, able to be a client of of that product. It was a product that you were looking for. Yeah, exactly. It was uh, uh, it, it. It ticked a lot of the boxes, the outcome boxes we were looking for in that job. We wanted to provide um, uh, energy efficient homes, so that uh, energy wasn't a draw on the small amount of income that social housing had, uh, and then that they were warm, dry. Uh, and that they could be built quickly and uh, and, uh, and operate uh, 
at an efficient rate of construction. Uh, and in particular, for some of the, um, the wetter climates in New Zealand, uh, we lose a lot of time on site um, due to um, rainy weather. Yeah, um, it's a fa- you know it's a, just a fact of the country. We get we get good sunshine hours, but we also get a lot of rain. Um, uh, and there was so many down days uh, experienced on site where um, if it was raining and the roof wasn't yet on, then uh, actually a lot of sub trades just couldn't operate. And this this system showed me something where um, the walls and the roof could go on pretty quickly, and while the windows might still yet to be coming, um, you, you could have a number of other trades still operating in a, in a relatively uh, comfortable environment. What was your building experience prior to working with, with Tamaki? Very little. Yeah, so it was, yeah, no, straight up. Uh, and, but it, but uh, and that was where the finance experience. So I looked at um, uh, the Tamaki regeneration, and I was about this is value for money for taxpayers. Um, the, the taxpayer money going into that. Um, this was all about um, achieving value for money. Uh, so I could look at it quite financially, um, uh, and that flowed through to this role uh, as uh, within uh, NZSA is that no I don't have um, I, I, I don't have that build experience but I know that as a, uh, a, a homeowner uh, or a builder uh, or an architect you, you, you need to be able to look at it and go I can deliver this product in a way that is going to deliver value for my client and therefore we can make money out of this. And so it was always a financial equation rather than um, the uh, the actual build knowledge. I've always had to wrap uh, people around me that actually knew the buildability, uh, the engineering experience, the design experience, the architects, um, the passive house, um, the, the passive house certifications, all, all of that. Um, so long as the base product uh, stacked, then that was uh, that was my approach. It was a, a financial approach to delivering value for money. Which is your strength, really. You come from a commerce, uh, financial and consulting background with a a flavour of um, looking at productivity and how we make best use of, of capital. Do, do you think that's something that's missing currently from the whole building sector in New Zealand? Yeah, we, we, there are some sad stories of, of companies not being able to make things work, and they're quite idealistic. But as a as a an industry, we, we have an issue about profitability uh, against a really inflated property market. Absolutely, um, and uh, and NZSIP is not immune to this. You know, yeah. we, we're having to make some really hard restructuring decisions at the moment mm. um, about where we're targeting this product. We yep. can't pitch this product at all. Uh, we we need to focus on uh, the standardised market until such time as we have the uh, 
the economies of scale um, to build in other areas. But I think as homeowners, we need to recognise that if we're not standardising, if we're not uh, working to standard designs, and I want to talk quite a bit about this, Matt, because uh, um, there's, there's standardisation and there's standardisation. There's standardisation to the point where we have a, um, a, a pre-approved standardised design, mm-hmm. and then there's standardisation in the form that you and I built buildings out of Lego as kids, Right. I still and, do occasionally with my kids. <laughs> and you know what? They are very bespoke builds, aren't they? Oh, but, um, never the same. Never the same. In fact, my sons get quite grumpy if they can't recreate the same the same thing. But you know, those building blocks is actually uh, they are completely standardised. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. And uh, um, and so we're not saying people can't have bespoke builds. Uh, you you can, but. If you want that window inset uh, uh, 1385 millimetres from that corner, uh, as opposed to 1200 and from that corner, or um, 1800 and from that corner, then you're going really bespoke. Mm. Yeah, and, and this is where we need to recognise and tie in manufacturing uh, design manufacturing and build uh, and we can still have bespoke homes using standardized building blocks yeah and the more we do that and uh, and let's break it right down to materials so I uh, uh, I buy in sheets of OSB um, orientated strandboard uh, or we use the um, uh, uh, the New Zealand strandboard. Mm-hmm. Now, they come in twelve hundred wide, right? And, and this is where, um, if we can have that Lego block analogy of twelve hundred wide or eighteen hundred wide or better, um, uh, uh, two point four meters wide, and two panels are going up there then all of a sudden we're achieving efficiencies. It's, a le- it's, it's one or two less cuts in the factory. It's uh, simplicity in form in manufacturing, and therefore I can offer that at a far better price than if you want that panel cut down into a specific size for your architectural build. It makes so much sense from the outside why do you think it's not common like why do we why do we not have standardization uh yeah i new zealanders love an individual home uh, do you think it's a new zealand specific uh problem or worse here than elsewhere i um I think it's worse here than elsewhere, but mm. actually, no. I don't have enough. I don't have an, enough background knowledge on that to be able to answer that. Um, I'm, uh, I'm sure um, Prefab NZ could probably um, probably provide us with some good answers on that, though. So, it, it's just the the way that we've um, come to expect buildings to be completely bespoke. Yeah. And 
but it's driven from design, right? Mm-hmm. Design principles, and um, and I think we rely on uh, we we go to an architect and we and we talk very openly about this is what I want, um, but as homeowners, we actually need to be briefing. Um, uh, as part of this is what I want from an outcomes point of view is that actually this needs to uh, take on uh, affordable design principles. Um, it needs to work with the design principles of uh, standardization um, so that, uh, yes, I uh, I want these to, to celebrate that view out this window because, you know, that's where the lake is or that's where the trees are or mm. the mountains are. Um, uh, but make sure we're designing this to fit with the products we're actually going to be using. Yeah. Who is it most important that you educate? Is it the end user, the the, the homeowner, or designers? Who, who does um, NZSIPS need to, to communicate to the most? Um, uh on on this point on standardization designers um, right. and the, the the architects and designers and you know, how, we, how are you going about doing that cheapest it's a, it's a really it's a really tough and it's an expensive process because uh, it's not just you know we've actually got a, a plan in place around education for um, yes homeowners um, mm-hmm. for builders for the install. Uh, for um, architects for the design and for engineers to understand uh, and and have a comfort around the performance of these panels. So actually our education program is, is, is massive, man. It's, mm. um, and it is time-consuming and costly. Yeah, and it, and it falls on people like yourself to, to do that because I'm assuming that outside of you mentioned prefab nz outside of organizations like that i don't know that they're getting this type of education from the the universities or the polytechnics yet i'm hoping that that might change but i don't know that that's this type of construction methodology is is a significant part of of what they're training um so Matt, actually, just in the last uh, just in the last couple of months, um, we have um, industry uh, facilitated by uh, Prefab NZ um, industry ourselves, um, uh, a number of other prefabrication uh, companies have sat down with um, both uh, uh, BC uh, ITO mm-hmm. uh, and and also with Competence. Uh, to be able to uh, change the training that is occurring um, both on site and also in uh, uh, um, within the politics um, so that people can actually understand some of this this information. Yeah. So you know, at the moment, you know, we had uh, Jacinda Ardern come through uh, the factory um, over a year ago, um, and one of her first questions to me was, um, she was talking to one of one of the staff on the floor, and she said, "Phil, when when uh, this guy moves on to a new job, um, what does he leave with?" And the answer was nothing. 
you know, from an educational point of view, he doesn't carry a qualification. Right. Um, and, and so right from the factory through to the installer, through to the designers, uh, and the um, it, all that, that, that whole uh, chain of education needs to occur. So there's a whole lot of different things. And I think, you know, what you're doing with your podcast, um, uh, what what we're doing with videos we're taking in the factory about how things are done, what, uh, what we're doing with um, uh, Codemark and with brands appraisals, um, this is all uh, provision of information to actually make that engineer or architect go, okay, I'm now comfortable making it, you know, it's specifying this product. Yeah. And I'm, I've got the tools there that I can talk to my client about it. Um, so it's, um, it, it, it does fall to individual companies and that's, that's really, uh, that's really a tough one for us. Um, yeah. but it has been fantastic this year to see um, some of those um, some of those industry associations, the training organisations, uh, um, and MB also coming to the party to say, "Hey, we've got to um, we've got to drive some uh, drive some different type of education into the market." Yeah, let's talk about the the usage. Uh, of of SIP as a construction method, what are some of the biggest um, uh, reservations that people have about using SIPs? Um, I think the biggest reservations actually come within the uh, professional services, and that's in uh, the the engineers and the architects. Uh-huh. Um, uh, uh, we would have. And, and this is about just just comfort and, and knowledge of the products. You know, it took us a long time to get span tables to engineers to, so that they would have real comfort in, um, in specifying the product and knowing what was required structurally um, in and around those panels to, um, uh, to achieve the a building code, right? But you've got all the you've done all those calculations, so you can provide all that information, lookup tables, and whatever to engineers. We have now, right? You know, but but um, this company's three years old, and um, yeah, so so that information is is all there now. But yep. this is part of the. Um, I remember sitting down with an architect um, eighteen months ago. And uh, she said to me, "Phil, you've got to make it easier for us." You know, right. um, I love. I love <laughs> we don't. This we don't product. want to do too much work. <laughs> I love this product. You know, I, they're sitting there saying it, it performs. It's a fantastic product. It, uh, um, it's fast to assemble. But we're putting our name on this. We're actually saying to a client, "Take a look at this product," and mm-hmm. uh, and, and we're going to specify it. So, as a company, we need to be making that. Um, uh, providing all that support material to them to be able to back up, uh, back them up, and, and specifying as well. And it sounds like you've gone a long way down that path by getting the certifications. You've got the code mark. You've got the brands appraisals, and with those. So we haven't yet got brands appraisal. Got to just a, 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 okay. we're, we're right where I've, I've, I've got a draft 
um, a, a draft of it. Right. Um, but it, that that box hasn't quite been ticked. But we're uh, yeah, no, that's um, an important part of, part for us as well. Um, different parts of the market see uh, those two certifications yeah. as holding more value. So um, we felt that it was um, it was good to be able to achieve both. So your code mark is that specific for New Zealand? Uh, yes, it is. Right. Um, I mean, that's that's pretty um, thorough. Yeah, yeah. Look at um, and and that gives the clients the comfort that when their product, when their when their um, plans go into council, um, that it's not going to be caught up in this part of the process. Right. You know, in, in, in this part of the, their build, uh, this this part of the build is not going to hold up um, that building consent going yep. through. So, so you come back to the barriers. You say the, the main barriers is is getting architects uh, and engineers confident with the the product. Does that mean that builders are more than happy to um, to use this instead of a bunch of stick framing on site? Uh, uh, no, not necessarily. <laughs> you know, and, and I'll tell you what: there's there's definitely um, the, the the point in someone's career. Is uh, is a real teller in this. If someone's if someone's got three to five years to run in their building career, then really, do they want to retrain? Yeah, and I kind sure. of get that, right? Yeah, totally. Yeah. <laughs> but um, but what I would say, I would actually uh, say that uh, SIP manufacturing or, or SIP uh, construction is where uh, frame and truss was eight to ten years ago. You know, there was there were skeptics. There were people walking around sites saying, "I'll always build with stick." You know, mm-hmm. I've got the flexibility. Um, I don't trust. You know, you'll send out these walls. You'll send out these uh, um, these trusses, and then I'll end up only adjusting them on site. Um, and uh, over time, that education has occurred so that people have gone. Actually, these are, these are turning up um, in in great shape. Um, I think the industry's learned quite a bit as well. Um, we we talk quite a bit with Frame and Trust because there's a lot of um, similarities. Um, we use LVL timber inside of our panels um, for the same reason that a lot of Frame and Trust now use LVL because it you know it holds because it, it's through. straight. Yep, it's straight. <laughs> it, it uh, you know, it still absorbs water, um, uh, and and there's there's even seasonal adjustments that we need to make um, across the length of a wall where the the, the timber just uh, changes changes length slightly. Um, so a huge amount of learning, but but I do see that you know we we. We're eight years behind where Frame and Trust was, um, and there was a huge amount of education that was required there. Mm. Mm. What are you most excited about now and for the next three years? Um, uh, so, so one of the things that we've we've um, just gone through quite a big change on, and that is saying. Um, We'll still do your, um, your your bespoke house, um, but we're going to charge you for it right. uh, because uh, I believe that in this country, those that have been designing to efficient methodologies um, have actually been subsidising those that 
just don't care about efficiency and are highly bespoke. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so we've changed our um, pricing model. So you, you you can't just get in touch with the NZ, NZSIP anymore and say, "Hey, what's your square meterage for walls?" Um, every every um, set of plans, we look at the plans and go, "Actually, they're going to be a nightmare to make those panels." Or look at this; they've actually sat down that that they're all built in line with. Um, uh, the, the manufacturing requirements of that board. Um, it's going to be an efficient and fast build. Uh, therefore, we're going to ch- um, price those at a different rate compared to the one that hasn't thought about those principles. So um, I think this is a hugely exciting piece. So we, we've actually designed our own um, smart series, uh, which is a, a standardized uh, standardized relatively small um, homes through from 50 square meters, um, 60, 70, um, and 100 square meters. Uh, they have been designed absolutely to the principles of SIP, and we can build those panels incredibly quickly. So that's, that's the, the, the most affordable end. Then there's the designer uh, the home that's just been... just before you move on, mm-hmm. as a testament to the standardisation of those packages, mm-hmm. you've got fixed pricing on them, which is kind of unheard yeah, of. We, well, we we know it though, right? There's, there's you know there's no surprises. Yeah. Whereas in a bespoke build, it's like, mm, how's that going to go? Yeah, it depends. Yeah. <laughs> but but then when I'm able to sit down and actually look at someone's. Uh, someone's drawings and go, wow, this person's really thought about uh, about how this can be panelised yeah. uh, and working to the principles of, of our SIP panels, then I, our pricing model puts in a build, a speed of manufacturing those panels. We actually have a factor which, which uh, sits there and says, we think X number of panels uh, for this build can be made. So just so, just by example, you've got your your largest one there, the Smart One Hundred. Mm-hmm. You're saying forty three thousand five hundred dollars, mm-hmm. and that's it. That done. Yeah, for yeah, your walls a, and your roof. That's correct. Yep. And then you've got also a fixed price if you want to add a floor onto that as well. Uh, freight and and then are you shipping nationally throughout the country? We are shipping nationally, yeah, and and uh, look, it's it's a tough one for the North Island on that actually, um, because we're located in Cromwell, um, and we'd like to get the, uh, the the capability to be manufacturing out of the uh, North North Island as well, yeah, um, and we we haven't landed that yet, right, um, but but actually we found we found it was more important that we get this uh, standardised and panelized the standard panel designs working really well and pricing really well um, get that model right in the uh, in the south island mm-hmm. um, before we jumped into a new model in the uh, in the north island yep yeah cool so you've got the the smart uh, series packages as as yep. the most affordable option and what what are up from there yeah, and so so then we're actually going okay. We, then we've got that next bracket where someone has designed uh, well, mm-hmm. and we can say okay, we'll apply this build rate uh, to that home, and and then 
we've got the final one, which is highly bespoke, um, could be any measurements, uh, and we're pricing that much higher now. You know, we uh, we were trying to match timber building in that end of the market, and actually, it it, um, it it's a real challenge. You know, um, so, uh, NZ SIP panels will be um, more. Uh, materially more expensive for a highly bespoke build uh, than timber framing. Yeah. Yeah. But if if the principles of SIP for that same home are adopted, then all of a sudden we start to, uh, you know, you've got a high performance product that uh, may be still at a premium, but you're getting a hell of a lot better performance and you're getting that uh, that, that faster build rate. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's when your money actually starts working for you. You mentioned uh, you can provide a much better price if it's designed well. What resources have you got available for designers if, if they want to know what designing well for SIPs looks like? Yeah. Um, uh, so it's it's really based off, um, it, all it is based off is the sheet sizes that right. we bring in for, um, you know, for our manufacturing. Mm-hmm. Um, so your standard your standard OSB um, uh, comes in your 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 twelve hundred wide. Um, actually, if it's New Zealand, uh, if it's a New Zealand product, it's twelve hundred. If it's coming out of the states, it's uh, twelve nineteen. But uh, <laughs> that, that's a, that's that's for us to deal with. Um, but then the the sheet the standard uh, sheets are also um, one point two uh, long. Um, so one point uh, sorry. And they are uh, 2.4 long, uh, uh, 2.8 long, three meters long, and 3.6 long. Mm-hmm. So, so, so people can still go. People still have that ability to go uh, um, two different lengths, and uh, just the, in the, that analogy of the, the Lego boxes is still there, right? And. and um, uh, but if we if, if we're bringing in board that is um, two point four long, and someone has a stud height of uh, two point four one, then I'm chopping down and wasting a board that is actually I'm, I'm then having to use a two point eight long yeah. sheet of board. Yeah. And so all of a sudden we've got that wastage that we need yeah. to try and cut out. Yeah. And so um, essentially I need to, you know, um, we're providing that information to architects but on a one-on-one basis. And actually those that, that building with the principles of SIP is, uh, is something we need to spend a bit more time on in, in educating the, uh, the designers and architects out there. Right. So it's very simple. It's just knowing those 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 key dimensions and to try and base the design around repeating units of of that size. Now you mentioned uh, 1200 wide is your OSB board, but your finished panel, are they actually 1220. Mm, so, 1219. Yep. 12, so people can, I mean, you've got that information on the website. So people, architects, designers, I guess you get in touch with you if they want to, if they want to know the, the specific details of, of how to do that. That's correct. So there is two different points there, right? And on that twelve hundred and that, that, that twelve nineteen wide, um, we're code marked uh, to be able to have uh, 
JNL's um, strand board on the inside or mm-hmm. normal OSB, right? And, and that starts to um, get quite exciting because some people right. will say, well, actually, I like that wood finish, mm-hmm. but the OSB is pretty rustic. Yep. Um, if we can do it in strand board, and, and so this is when the designer needs to go, actually, my client wants a wood the, the, the wood finish on the inside um, if they want the strand board we need you to design to 1200 or 1200 wide panels or they're saying actually we're going to jib anyway so let's just use OSB and we're going to design this all to uh, the 1219 wide Right. Right, right, so you can sort of see, um, the, and that's consumer choice. Yeah. Being able to offer those different finishes on the inside, and that's a good point that you raised there. That um, you can probably drive past a zip house and not know that it's a zip house, right? Because it it could be clad and uh, whatever on the outside, it could be lined one whatever on the inside. Yeah. Uh, it, it doesn't necessarily. It's not that obvious. You're not going to end up with uh, pieces of strand board with with polystyrene in between necessarily showing. Correct, and of course with NZ zip it wouldn't be polystyrene, would it? <laughs> so let's so, so, let's talk about that. You got yeah. PUR foam, uh, and I, I'm still very hazy. I get very confused, obviously, about <laughs> foams and polystyrenes and. And whatnot. What what exactly is is the foam that you use, and why? Okay, okay. So so uh, uh, so our, our, our um, some people talk about zip panels as sandwich boards, mm-hmm. and, and that's because there's a number of manufacturers that get polystyrene and they glue uh, they, they glue the OSB on the outside and present and provide you with a, a cassette. Yeah. Now. NZSIP does um, a number of things completely differently. Um, firstly, if, if your wall panel, if your engineer has a, a wall panel that has loading in it and they want LVL timber at 600 centres within that panel, then we build that and embed that structural timber and then we shoot the, the rigid, uh, closed cell rigid foam um, being um, PUR polyurethane uh, into those panels. Now, we use um, PUR for um, a number of reasons. Um, uh, it, um, it won't hold a flame. Uh, it has a very high melt temperature. Uh, it um, outperforms uh, polystyrene from a, so uh, we can have a thinner panel um, providing the same insulation that would be required for a much thicker um, styrene panel. Mm-hmm. Um, and way better than standard uh, bulk insulation, right? I mean, we're talking sure. we got R4.5 on a 150mm wall, which would be equivalent to a 90mm stud, which you'd barely get R3 in, I would imagine, if you're using bulk insulation. Yeah, so um, and and uh, that performance of the closed cell rigid foam is absolutely key to the reason that we use it. Right. Um, but also the safety. Um, it's a it, it's a big one for mm. us. That if um, yeah, I, I need to be comfortable that if my kids were sleeping in that house, I'd be. Um, you know, 
Um, I, I know we've held a, a, a blowtorch to our phone uh, for um, for 66 seconds. And uh, yes, you can see it chars back, but that just won't support a flame. Right. You know, it, it's, uh, it's, it's a fantastic product. Yeah, right. It's impressive. Um, and we have had that um, that flame resistance independently tested, and we've got those uh, those results as well. And I think that you know all of this just building up supports that architect or that homeowner that's making a decision. Actually, um, this uh, this isn't as scary as uh, it, it it sounds. You know, this this has been been used in the, the US and Europe for the last thirty years. Um, this, this, uh, the, the independent results, test results, are, are there for this product. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's all exciting stuff, and uh, like you say, not without challenges of uh, helping to change an industry. We we know what that's like, um, and also you've yeah, got some geographic uh, challenges as well um, mm. of shipping finished panels around the country. But I, I I'm confident, like you are, that the advantages of of working that way far outweigh those those challenges in the long run, particularly as, as distribution and um, just the whole industry gets better at, at, at working with this stuff. Mm. Um, Phil, where's the, where's the best place for people to go if they are either um, looking at uh, designing their own home or, or an architect looking at um, finding out more? Where, where's the best place for them to go? Yeah, look, probably the starting point is, is our website. So that's mm-hmm. uh, just uh, nzsip.co.nz. So it's mm-hmm. just the, those initials just for, standing for New Zealand Structured Insulated Panels.co.nz. Yep. And, and on there, we've got a technical page. So that has, if you're a builder, it has the install manual. Um, if, uh, and, and it also has the standard connection details. Um, if you're an architect, uh, those connection details are a big one for you as well. Yep. But, uh, it also has the technical manual, um, which which goes through um, and and includes um, such things as the span tables, as the um, uh, the the different loadings that can be uh, put on these panels. Um, so. You've also got some pretty pictures and, and heaps of videos for, for consumers if they want to see what we're talking about too, which is important. Well, look, we had a lot of fun and, and, uh, last year and we, we first brought out the Smart uh, Smart 50 series and we went, right, um, we think we can build one of these in a day mm-hmm. uh, inside the factory um, and uh, including the floor, walls and roof. Um, so that's the thermal envelope going up without windows or doors. Yeah, yeah. and uh, we had over a hundred people turn up in the middle of nowhere to Cromwell. Yeah, yeah, a hundred, a hundred builders, architects, uh, homeowners, and uh, they were there for seven hours. Um, and we we built that in a day. And mm-hmm. so there's a good time lapse on there of us uh, doing that. Um, it, and I think it was really important especially for the build uh, the build community 
you know, because in the early days there were to- some tolerances uh, were, were pretty tight and it wasn't, you know, it, it went together, but it was a bit hard. And mm-hmm. some, some, you know, and and that was really important for industry to see that we'd listen to the feedback coming back from them uh, and and, uh, um, and just taken another um, uh, another mill off the, the spline to make those clip together just so much smoother. And the feedback now is just like, you've got it, you know, Keep listening to us, but you, you've got it. Mm-hmm. That's going well. But yeah, no. www.nzsip.co.nz. It's the best best place there. And then there's the our oh eight hundred number to uh, ask us any questions. Awesome. And you've got a few, uh, or I call them super users too, haven't you? Like a, a few architects and, and builders now who are not necessarily exclusive, but have used the product quite a lot. I, and you know the, the the first install is always going to be your hardest. Yeah, yeah? yeah. And, and the first design is always yeah. going to be your hardest. And, and um, but when a, a builder, um, you know, down in Lake Harrow, uh just last month, um, yeah, a, a big home and that roof went on in five hours, uh, two stories up. Wow. You know, and and just from a health and safety record, from you know, uh, now that builder has um, uh, the, the builder that's looking after that client, um, he's onto us there, uh, and and so the efficiencies really kick in, and so yeah. around the country there are different builders that are just like they they uh, yeah they have to learn a bit on that first one, but they hit their straps and they go right. This, you know, this methodology works for me, and and for those builders, we um, they're flat out because our clients are always saying, "Who's you, who else has used this?" So it's yeah. worth that investment for the builder to um, to, to understand and get on side with it, um, because then actually we're just feeding clients to them as well. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's a good message to those that are thinking about getting into it, and I would encourage those to get in touch because I'm sure that we you could put them in in contact with either architects or builders who are using it to share their story because they're probably going to be more believable than we are because we're, <laughs> we're, we're a bit biased. No, yeah, and it is. It's so true, you know, yeah. and the ability to actually walk into a home and feel it. Yeah, uh, that too. Um, but, the yeah, we, we often... We often have builders talking to builders, and the reality is, on a Friday night, you know, this evening, five o'clock, four thirty, yeah, um, builders are going to be talking it's to each happen. other, and and, <laughs> uh, and and so they kind of do it over a cold one themselves. Yeah. awesome. Hey, well, thank you very much, uh, Phil. It's an exciting journey, and we'll keep uh, keep an eye on it and uh, and and watch your progression up through the country, and hopefully get get things um, more up and running here in Auckland too. Fantastic. Thanks, Matt. And that was Phil Neville describing NZ SIPs and some of the exciting changes that uh, NZ SIPs are making and offering to the market, including their their smart uh, panel system. Phil uh, has moved on from NZ SIPs since that interview, but the, the company is going uh, onwards and upwards, and I'm excited to see how their smart panel system goes. I really like the idea of having standard designs and encouraging the market and designers to think about standardization rather than customization. You can still customize those designs a little bit, but instead of having full bespoke design, I think it's uh, 
for cost effectiveness, it just makes so much sense, particularly in this manufacturing style of building to have as much standardization as you can. doesn't mean you can't personalize the building and, and have a house that reflects you and your personality. But if you start with an ethos of how much standard sizing can I use in the first place, that could really bring down the cost and make the construction process much easier and faster. Hope you enjoyed that show. I'd love to get your feedback. You can always email me, Matthew at Homestyle Green. Uh, it'd be great if you could leave a comment uh, over at iTunes or wherever you download these podcasts and spread the word as well. Let other people know uh, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, um, and link to this show and the show notes, which will be available at homestylegreen.com forward slash 196. Thank you very much for tuning in. Now go make a better place to live. Oh,